Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? You don't like my house, Nick? With sticks? Yeah, it sticks. Yeah, you want to fight the big fight? Yeah, I'll fight the fight. What happened? You're going to take that? And you're going to take that? You want to tell, you want to tell me to train me in? Why are, you, why are you interested now? Huh? I get my face all beaten? And for what? For those people say, there goes Balboa. Just another brother of the neighborhood. I didn't want this. Can you guess where we are, Andy? Uh, no. Where are we? <laughs> ding, ding. Philly. Hey, yo. Paulie, you want to come watch me train? Philly, baby. Did you see I wore my uh, Philly, my 76 shirt? You look like a Dr. white J? tangerine. Nigga, this yeah. shit is all orange. But I love yeah. the fact that it looks like a comic book cover. It does. It, it's from an artist in New York. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. Hey, listen, man. Y'all... God, Andy is growing, is growing on y'all. This motherfucker is growing on me. Let me tell you something. All for the last three days, I've been listening to episode 261, our latest episode of the podcast, uh, The Digestion Chronicles. And I am convinced. I, I have two goals. I, I think I can. Hopefully, I can get one done more than the other. Before I continue, uh, welcome to any new podcast subscribers and listeners. Uh, thank you for joining. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for subscribing. But again, listen to this episode, but follow my directions. It's important. Start from episode one. Go in order. It matters comedically. Characters, callbacks. Growth, evolution, you get all of that in the show, which is important uh, for a deeper appreciation. That being said, uh, I even had a couple of people write into me email where I was like, yo, I've never heard Andy laugh as much as he has laughed uh, like he does on episode 261. And I think I counted it. It was 12 great chuckles for <laughs> really? you, dude. Yeah, yo. I was having fun on that. that, that was it was a, a fun, fun podcast. podcast. And, and I felt like that was one of those... Where if we were a basketball team, we was in perfect Shaq-Kobe harmony in terms of the give and take. And I'm saying all that to say this. Y'all can't see it. Or maybe you can if he's looking on the YouTube. Uh, Andy got on a tangerine shirt with Dr. J, like a comic book cover on the chest. And every now and then, I swear to God, the, between the Coke, the Porsches, the motorcycles, the bitches, the friends, the money, and the, and the wardrobe. This nigga is a GTA character. I told my publicist, my my wet dream would be to get the Spears and Steinberg podcast on the next GTA game. Like when you're driving around in a car and you're listening to your beats and your music. How cool would it be for our podcast to be on one of the stations where you just tune and hear, it is I, or Brad Butler, yeah? <laughs> or, or any thousand niggas, uh, spicks and kikes. That fits that game perfectly. But Andy should be a GTA character. This, this white, 
75 year old uh, Jewish Rick Rubenstein ZZ Top has done everything Jew. Dude, first of all, I'm not 75. 55. Just if I, I already feel bad enough about my age. Second of all, uh, uh, it's not a spick and a kike. It's it's a spike. I, I, I coined that this weekend. Oh, you put them together. Yeah. Oh, spike. Okay. I'm a spike. Okay. And uh, and I want to give a shout out to my to my guy that does uh, this art in, in New York. It's Flylight. And uh, you can find him on uh, Instagram. And his name is P, uh, PJ O'Rourke at 2. Uh, the second is what I... He, but he's, oh, he's got a number in his name. He's he's too man. He's he's legit. I'm telling you, man, shit gets deeper. But he has he has his own shop out in the city, and I, I got I, I met him when he had this little teeny uh, shop uh, in the East Village. So yeah, yeah man, uh, you rocking hard, man. You doing it? I'm having fun. Uh, I'm cheese staked out, dude. I am too. I was going to tell you, there's I'm, no I'm, way I'm, I'm doing just, another no, cheese no, steak no, tonight. No, I'm, I'm I'm cheese staked out. Uh, we've been hitting pats hard. And of course, again, I know to the, all the the local Philadelphians, they'll go boo to Geno's and Pat's because that's touristy shit. But again, I usually eat free, like I did last night, and it's something about the cheese and the meat and the onions that has a and different the free. taste. And the free, when, and the free, yeah, with the free. Um, but then we'll dabble. We've done uh, well, gyms, I we've done kabibbles, and Andy took me to John's roasted pork, roast pork. Um, I love it, man. wasn't a big fan. I love I, it. I, the meatball. Sandwich was 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 good, but what pissed me off was one, the fryer was down, so you couldn't get any fries. Two, it was a twenty to thirty minute wait for your goddamn cheesesteak because they only had one cook. Three, they didn't have no, they had bottled water, but I wanted something that wasn't soda, like a like a juice of of, of sweet tea or just anything, a snapple. They have none of that. So I ended up getting the Pepsi, which actually went good with the sandwich anyway, and the cheesesteak. It was a big sandwich. It had the sesame seeds on it, which I could have done without. The meat cheese was good. They didn't have cheese wedge, which I prefer, but I got provolone. It was cool, but it, it ain't fucking with Pat's, yo. Dude, I, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm John's dude. I like that sandwich. Now, the place I was going to take you uh, and, and uh, my good friend Arthur was going to come pick us up and, and take us, but he, uh, he's a little- God! Damn! And it continues. Digestion continues. Uh-huh. Uh, he was going to take us to Delisandro's. And uh, right. that guy came. and that was the place that I knew you were gonna like because they put stuff on it like you like ketchup on your cheese steak. And I prefer a one steak sauce, but somehow no one is making the connection between cheese steak and steak sauce. So I don't use sauce. You like your shit, just yeah. I liked it, but today after we went and and my girl came up, Tara came up, and, yeah, and we all went for cheese steaks last night. Right, we were done. And after I yeah, no, I, I mean, look, what's today? Sunday, so Thursday, Friday, three days of straight cheesesteaks. Uh, enough's enough. Uh, it's time to fuck a new bitch. Um, and look, man, you don't even like the you like your fries naked because they're crispy fries at Pat's. They get really crispy, and I like crispy fries. You put the cheese on it, it gets soggy, and then that defeats. You, the you don't like ketchup on the fries? I'd rather just have a crispy fry. So just naked, nothing. Yeah, I'll, I'll do ketchup. But yeah, them fries with the cheese whiz, dude. It, it when is it's soggy and cheesy, and oh Jesus! Kara got the cheese fries. I I ate some of her cheese. Okay, fries. yes, but delicious. I isn't it? I just rather have crispy fries, and they stay crispy. All right, I hear you. I, I did go to uh, Federal Donuts this morning here in Philly. On what'd you get? Just uh, just they have cake donuts and just different flavors. They got a mascarpone and strawberry. Donuts. And you, of course, uh, drank water or milk or Coffee. soda, right? Coffee. Coffee, you need milk. The things you do to disrespect your palate. Dude, milk isn't even something we're supposed to have. I know, you said this before, but fuck that. Milk go together like OJ's hand in a glove. <laughs> it didn't fit, man. <laughs> well, there's that too. So, there you go. All right. Uh, before I we get into it, since, I'm in, since we're in Philly, uh, let me do my Joel Embiid impression. They play good defense. They play with the ball. I got to be in the post, and I got to do a better job. My footwork like Shaquille and Barkley said. He sounds mildly retarded to me. He's a great basketball player. Yeah, he's a good big man, but mildly retarded. He's got a nice touch. Yeah. Do a fadeaway jumper. He plays great defense. Plays great defense. Uh, But why doesn't he have the impact of a Shaq? 
Like no big man. I don't even Joe. I don't even Joe. Joel Embiid. When you think of the great centers, Will Russell, Kareem, Shaq, Ewing, Robinson. He's not better than any of them. He's still young. He still has time. No, I, but I don't see him surpassing them. He, he didn't start playing basketball till later, though, too. Mm. But when you got it, you got it. Yeah, but you know, one of the the guys that you brought up, which I think is you know Shaq number one on uh, pure what, power and dominance. Yeah, because but Shaq is built from foot to the top of his head, proportionately. Mack truck. Yeah. 18 Willa. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and Wilt was similar. He was proportioned, but he wasn't as big as Shaq. Right. And, Girthy. And, and Robinson was similar to that. But Robinson's legs were a little skinnier. Robinson had great shoulders, nigga. Yeah, because, but that's maybe probably why his legs look skinnier. Mm. But, I mean, the guys that are really are proportioned well, because there's a lot of dudes that have, like, skinny legs. Right. Or they're just thin all the way up top, and, and they don't. It, it, their game is different. The, the, the one who who isn't that is is uh, Kareem. Kareem was thin and still dominated. But that hook shot, yeah, that was that was the. But he played defense, right? How do you assess Ewing? Ewing was was was. Ewing had everything. I don't know why Ewing couldn't get that fucking ring. Wouldn't you say he? Why? Well, I know why. From North Carolina, Eckard <laughs> six six. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> if it wasn't for that nigga, a few of the motherfuckers would have one. Um, but of all those centers, I would say Ewing had the best jump shot. Like he could shoot. Robinson wasn't wasn't really Robinson could shoot, but Ewing could shoot from from eighteen feet. Do you put Shaq the- couldn't shoot? Chamberlain wasn't a shooter. Oh, how the fuck did we forget Hakeem? Hakeem could shoot. The, the, Hakeem could shoot, but Hakeem also had the, what, what, the, what was it, the, the shake, his footwork. He moved almost like a guard. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's true. But what do you, what do you put, where do you put Duncan? Do you not? Duncan but played. But power forward. But he played center, too. Nah, it's natural power forward. Like Charles Barkley said, the greatest power forward ever. Yeah, and I, I agree with that right. statement. So it's hard for me to say. But he had, but he was a big man that had, all kinds of skills, and he shot. Like it feels like Joel Embiid, for what the league is today, is the dominant big man. But you put him in that era with all the mother cats, he wouldn't dominate. He wouldn't even. I don't know that he'd be. I mean, obviously, yeah, he'd do his thing, but he. he I don't see him being better than any of those but guys. The game is different, though. The, the big man isn't as as integral to the game as it, as they used to be. That's so, true too. That's true too. So maybe his 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 talent that he could have had in, in that 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 era he could have had, but he's. But here's where I agree with Shaq. Like when Shaq will criticize Embiid, he goes, "You know, if you're a big man, you gotta get in the paint. I, I know he can shoot. I know he can shoot. But if you're a big man, you gotta get in the paint and dominate. That's barbecue chicken. You gotta get in the paint and dominate. Twenty eight ten, you gotta dominate. In other words, force your way. Yeah. If you're if you're got this kind of footwork and skills as Embiid, nigga, why are you shooting jumpers? Get your ass in the post. Well, that's what's happening in Phoenix right now. We just saw Phoenix with Day. Day yeah. is solid. But and and in the playoffs, his game is they're going to the big man now, where they didn't during right. the, because that wasn't that wasn't the game that they were playing. And now we're watching it unfold, and he actually has more skill than people were giving him credit for. Because yeah. he, so we're going to see how this uh, and that's tonight is uh, is is the Phoenix Suns and, and Lakers as we're doing this podcast right now. So we'll see what happens. What time is that tonight? Because I know you want to see that. I think it's a ten. I think it's ten. 10? Ten Eastern. We'll be done by then, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ten Eastern. So yeah, you gonna watch it in here. If they if they have it on at the club or you know oh. somewhere around there, I'd stay there and watch it. And have them turn the volume up. Yeah, if we can. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch we it wherever. Can, it, man. Can. <laughs> you can. If I'm the dick, you the balls. Dude, how, how much was your cheesesteak last night? Free. Mine was full price. <laughs> but that's different. <laughs> you, you know at the comedy club in that little light, it says Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg. Yeah. That's Come only because they know me and they like me. There's a lot of places when they don't know me, they don't give me any love. But um, as, as I've toured with you three over three years, there's certain managers and certain people that have actually grown fond of me. You, you, you raced past my... What I said, I'm the dick and you the boss. <laughs> Nigga, we come together. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and you white, I'm black, so we got that huge nuts mix from mixed niggas. 
I mean, you Rick Fox is nuts, <laughs> and I'm the Ken Bay's dick. <laughs> All right. Dude, I bet, I, I mean, I, I'm going to say this, and people are going to want to turn it off now. Rick Fox that probably has good-looking nuts. Everything about that. <laughs> he's pretty good-looking. <laughs> is that you, Aries? Are you back? Yeah, let's get into something else. <laughs> I knew I was going to get the hang-up on that one. Um, Can't wait for this Tuesday. Uh, I will be in New York, but I won't have shit to do till the night. So I will be, oh, it'll fucking come on at night. Well, anyway, I'm recording at home, so I'll see it at home. Part two of that great Tyson documentary. Um, before I dive into my shit, did you learn anything that you didn't already know? Um, and before you answer, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because again, I had seen prior to I had seen everything on Jordan, so I, that's why I was so geeked about the Last Dance because I go, I know they're going to tell us more than what we've already known a thousand times, and they did. And if for nothing else, it was worth it just to hear Mike curse because uh, we all knew. Sometimes I dream. We know the image. We know the squeaky clean shit. We know the corporate brand, but. Nigga, you know, uh, ho, you bitch. Fuck you, bitch. You fathead. Mo- Why you keep fucking up that play, you fathead motherfucker? That was worth all of it. So, yeah, Tyson, did you did you learn anything new? I didn't I didn't really I didn't learn anything real new. Right. But I, I, I connected with it more. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because I think so. giving his listening Tyson speak, getting some of those older uh, clips, I can. I, and when he told the story about uh, the dude, I, I knew that there was. I didn't know that he actually beat the shit out of that dude who killed his pigeon. I knew that they. No, got I didn't fight. know that either. Uh, that I didn't know. But when he talks about that, that's when you really understand that that is just a Mike is. I don't know at he's what point you're different. Yeah, he's just a little kid though inside. So he's emotionally. I'm not saying today, right. but through his career when he was fighting, I was still a young boy that was just not taken care of well. Right. And, and mentally, he, he wasn't allowed to grow. He became a fighter to defend the little boy that was in him. Well, I wondered why it took the bird. Like, motherfuckers picking on you, beating you up, and getting hit hurts. So wouldn't that be enough motivation to go, I don't like getting punched? What made the bird set him off? I've never gotten in a fight. For myself, I know that's going to sound weird. Like I've never right. gotten a fight where I we actually thrown right. because of me. Like I was either it would be funny and make it go away, or do, the only times I've ever gotten a fight was for someone else because of someone mm, else, like family, to, yeah, friends. to protect someone else. Right. I think it was pretty, he saw something defenseless and it just set him off. If that that bird had nothing to do with anything, couldn't help it, couldn't save himself, and I think it just finally just blew up. But I said that I said that Mike right there when I say that young man right, right there that that young not he wasn't a man he was a little boy at the time. Dude, I think he was like twelve. Yeah. I think he stayed in his career when he's boxing. I think that's his uh, his um, what I want to say um, his feeling who he was as as that small boy stayed with him the whole time he fought. And that I don't think emotionally that's the word I was looking at. emotionally. I think that was that protection the whole time. I think he stayed emotionally that that level. Even though he got more intelligent, even though he saw more emotionally inside, I think he was still childlike because of that. I mean, I had always heard prior to to that documentary that the dude broke the bird's neck. They said in this he took the head off. Yeah, just I don't know how true that is because I mean, goddamn, I, I know niggas in the south would wring the chicken's neck. Yeah, until the heads, yeah. But they would chop them off, not break them off not, with their yeah, hands. Yeah, they say they would run around with their head just flopped over. And yeah, run but even that's not, because I would imagine that's tough to do. Yeah. Damn. But I just I, I, I just imagine, you know, I just imagine how hard, I, I just, when I saw that, that's what I connected with. That's what I'm saying, that how I connected with him is I saw him as just a, a, a you know, everybody said he was a beast when he fought. I think that was the outer person, and the inner, inner person was still that twelve-year-old kid that just well, wanted things to be better. Well, sometimes from tragedy you get triumph, and from bad shit comes good shit. So, based on what that moment produced, who do we thank—the bird or the dude who broke the neck? 
Um, take the bird. The bird took it. <laughs> but, you know, the reason I'm also saying that, too, is because, and I'm sure we're going to see this maybe in this next part, mm-hmm. but, you know, when he talks about how he, you know, um, that that guy, he doesn't let that guy out basically anymore. That guy's behind him. He doesn't want that right. guy, but he misses that guy. Right. I think that's part of that whole. I think we're going to learn a lot more in this next part as as it comes together. But right. He is. I think there's a lot of complications and a lot of things that weren't dealt with until later in his life. Right. Um, there was one point when one of the guys, when the white guy said Mike Tyson was is more loved now than he's been after the rape conviction. Uh, and what bothered me about that statement was, one, I didn't know why he felt the need to, to mention that. Uh, why bring up the rape thing? Uh, because I think deep down inside, we all believe Mike got a bullshit beef. And I, and I know that sometimes with celebrity, unless you do something heinous like OJ and you actually kill somebody, people will forgive you uh, when you're famous, even though sometimes they shouldn't, or if you win and somehow find a way to redeem yourself. And I think that if people honestly, 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 especially women included, thought Mike really raped that girl, that would be a, a, an unforgivable offense. But I feel like everybody deep down knows he got a raw deal. So why even bring up the rape conviction? And it's and, and I think part of why he is revered more now is because he survived it all. All of it. All of it. Well, I, I think I, I it's been I've heard this several times that if it was today, if that same situation came up today, oh. he, he he wouldn't have gone to jail though. They, oh, he wouldn't have gone to jail. No, they said I thought you were gonna say because, you know, wokeness and cancel culture, he'd be doomed. No, because I, I've heard different stories. Some people have said that he wouldn't have. Uh, that's what I've heard more. That, that Because the facts that were given in the case, it never convicted him. It, it, it didn't seem like he should have been convicted. Well, two things. One, uh, they said his lawyer was a tax attorney, not a, not a criminal attorney. Yeah. So that's number one fuck up. Number two, by that time, Mike was so not necessarily hated but he was he wasn't you know revered you know listen and that court case happened in indiana with damn near an all-white jury so come on man do the math mike tyson a nigga from brownsville scary persona big bad dangerous all-white jury indiana sorry and a tax attorney yeah he went down because the public didn't didn't like him well like you just said, though, and as the little bit that I have read on this, there would have been a different kind of jury because a, a, re- a good lawyer would have got a more balanced jury for him. Right. Um, and like you said, Indiana. I mean, he just I don't think I never thought he was when I was watching this. I, I was a fan. I, I hated his fights only because they weren't long enough. I mean, I wish you could. I wish there was something to Mike that would have said, you know what? I'm going to like Ali. I'm going to take him out in eight. But so, you know what? I prefer. Short, devastating, and amazing a la Tyson versus long, boring, methodical Mayweather. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying sometimes when you when you'd pay $150 for the Oh, I get it. You you would like more than 13 seconds. You'd like more to bite your hot dog more than once. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know people that actually bought the fight were getting chips right. and drinks for people as the fight was starting and they came back and the fight's over. Right. So, you know, that's like you don't get your value out of that. You right. got to watch it on you got to watch the replay. Um but it, but it was great. I mean, it was, still was great. But I was I was a fan. I didn't I, I didn't understand it when he went. I didn't know until later about the tax attorney uh, or mm-hmm. about that he wasn't a, a criminal attorney like that. Right. I, I didn't even know it was a tax attorney. Um, it, it's a very complicated story. But if he does, if that doesn't happen to him, what kind of mic does he turn it? I mean, does does this? I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying does right. this does this impediment in the road change and and benefit him in some way i'm i'm not justifying that it happened to him i'm saying like you just said about the pigeon i mean is this is this something that looking back maybe kept him from going down some other place it's it's he found religion he found well, himself t- two things number one i'm i'm still scratching my head going how the fuck is don king supposed to be your man that has your back he's wealthy as a motherfucker tyson at that point was wealthy as a motherfucker 
You have the money that the best lawyers can buy. How, who made that mistake? With a tax attorney. I don't understand. And, and if you're Don King, don't you want to keep your man out of jail for, 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 for bigger, more payday fights? But here's the thing. As he's knocking everybody out in 13, you know, in a minute or, you know, the first round, there's a limited amount of money that Don King can make from that. Because they know what's going to happen. If other fighters come up, now Don King can make more money. Because he was promoting everything. He, he, but remember... If Mike hadn't gone to jail, yeah. his next fight was Evander Holyfield. Yeah. That was going to be the money maker. Both fighters, well, Mike had already lost to Buster at that point. So one loss, Evander undefeated in their prime. That I, I would want to protect that. Yeah. And then the second thing is this, to what you said. I remember uh, Jim Gray uh, read a letter from Mike Tyson where Mike basically said to him, I didn't do what they accuse me of that has me in jail, but I probably should be in jail for other things I've done in the past. How could you not love that dude, man? Like he, the, to, to be able to admit that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, look, whatever it is he did in the past, uh, wrong is wrong. Crime is crime. I, I can't think of nothing more heinous than, than rape unless you fucking with kids. But Okay, if he felt that maybe he robbed some old ladies or beat some people up and that should put him in jail, all right, at least he's man enough to acknowledge that. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, you know. But that's more of a spiritual way of looking at it. Like, okay, yeah, I'm here. I was wrongly, wrongfully convicted. But there is other things that I'm here, I could be here for. So right. I'm going to take this uh, on the chin and I'm going to go forward. I'm going to fix who I am. That 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 is that's someone finding their their internal their 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 spiritual self. I love 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 when Patrice on on his uh, and folks, if you haven't seen it, uh, YouTube Patrice's half hour HBO special where he does the joke about uh, Mike Tyson versus Scott Peterson in terms of believing who's guilty and who's not, and he proceeds to do the joke about Mike Tyson forcing oral sex. On a woman, uh, which is fucking brilliant. But uh, I love when he said, here's how I knew Mike was innocent. When Mike did the interview and said, yeah, I, I wish I really raped the bitch, her and her mama. He goes, whoa, that is an innocent man. To say some shit like I rape her and her mama, that nigga is innocent. Versus Scott Peterson being on TV, being dishonest. Please. Help me find my missing wife. And Patrice goes, no. Here's how I knew he was lying. I was like, that motherfucker killed her. Because no man cries for his missing wife. It's <laughs> <laughs> so horrible, but funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I think of all the things that Mike had been through prior to, that was the, the final icing on the cake that just sent him into a, a rage and and for for however long that span was the Tasmanian devil just just angry in jail for some shit you didn't do being used by everybody shit on by everybody betrayed by everybody betrayed don't no one you don't know who loves you who's with you yeah but that and again that's why I go back to that was like a 12 year the 12 year old emotionally in him he couldn't find, he couldn't accept love because that 12-year-old didn't get what he needed. Right. And so he couldn't accept it from anybody, even if it was there to be given, because he was still emotionally dealing with the fact that he felt unloved from as a child. This is going to make you... Oh, okay. No, no, no. This, this is going to make you feel old. They said in 1987, uh, for one of his... The, the one where he beats Trevor Burbick to become heavyweight champ, courtside seats, 1500 Dollars. Do you know what they go for now? I paid, and I, I wasn't even courtside, but I was I had good seats. I paid thirty thousand dollars for the Manny Pacquiao Mayweather fight, and I wasn't courtside. One or two seats? Uh, for all my boys. Okay. Yeah, total thirty thousand. Okay. Um, ten thousand apiece. Okay. Uh, me, Ish, and Ivan. Um, courtside, of course, you had De Niro, Tom Brady, Denzel, Barkley. Those were eighty thousand. Yeah, I thought it was like fifty thousand, but yeah, eighty thousand, dude, fifteen hundred, and that was back in eighty seven. Yeah, 
And that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you had it, would you do it? 80 grand. If you had it. You mean, no, if, if I didn't feel it. What do you mean? Like 80 grand. If, it, if I had somebody's money that made an exceptional amount of money, yeah, I would do it if. 80,000 80, didn't feel it. Fuck you up. Yeah, it didn't feel like yeah. I, I could. No, but there's some people that by principle go, that's just ridiculous. I wouldn't go to every fight, but if there was a fight that I wanted to do that was a once in a lifetime. You gotta fight, splurge, man. But I would have a hard time spending that on a Tyson fight only because as great as it would be, I, I would have to wait in line longer than I would be sitting for the fight. You know what? You say that, but if you've ever seen Mike live, it's, dude, I'm telling you. Like when they when they when they showed him coming to the ring to fight Michael Spinks and that fight ended in ninety seconds. Yeah. The commentator goes, You could feel the electricity in the arena. That's not an exaggeration, dude. When you went to a Tyson fight, you're waiting and you know, he's a champ, so he comes out last. So the first dude come out, boom, boom. Then the lights, then a roar, and out of the tunnel, here's this nigga with that towel. Black shoes and trunks. You're anticipating devastation. He looks intimidating. He gets in the ring and he does a lion's walk back and forth with that look. It, it's, it's, dude, when you feel that electricity, uh, you say that, but you'll do it. Yeah, when you watch him uh, as he's standing in front of the other fighter, I was scared for the other fighter. Right, always, right, always. right, right. Um, he is, that... Uh, no, him walking into the ring though with the towel through his whole career and, and the, the shoes with basically no socks. Right. I mean, if, I I don't think he'd wear shorts if he didn't have to. He would just <laughs> That's funny. he would just go in just there, just the towel and the shoes and naked, and naked, and just go in there and just beat the fuck out of someone and leave, man. <laughs> and and if you know he's going to eat your children <laughs> or step on your testicles, if this nigga's dick is out, there's nothing to not suggest he's not going to fuck you after this fight or in the in, ring. ring, in the ring, yeah, just, to, just ear bites, stamp your testicles, your children. Oh man! But he uh, it was just. Yeah, but oh, you know, I did learn this in the fight too. And I, before we get too far away, I, uh, I mean, not the fight for the the show. I didn't under, I didn't realize because we, you know the, the, we we talked about this black don't crack, right. and and then I said, but some some black dudes though look eighty from from birth, <laughs> right? Morgan, I'm Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Let me tell you, Andy, <laughs> when I came out of my mother's vagina, I looked like I had just received my freedom papers. Uh, I know that I look stressed, but that's what happens when you're Morgan Freeman. I've always told you I've had a pumpernickel hue with poppy seeds all over my face. <laughs> I was introduced to the world just like this. Go ahead. Um, but I didn't realize when they were talking about it, the, the guy said, how old do you think he is? And they're like saying, thinking he's 22. Right. Or, you know what? And, and he right. was, how old was he at the time? 15? Uh, when when Gus uh, the model first uh, oh like uh, fifteen I fifteen think. Yeah. yeah like fifteen and they said they wanted to see his he wanted to see his eyes so he could see the right. the you the, 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 the right. kids you know what was funny about that to me though I went to the mirror <laughs> and I wanted to see how old I am so I looked at that that my eyes and I was like right. oh you can tell from looking his was crazy uh, I saw on Instagram they had a side by side picture of Mike Tyson at fifteen and Ali at sixteen. The girth difference was crazy. Ali was bony. Yeah. Tyson was still, as a 15-year-old, thick. A neck the size of a head. <sighs> I mean, when he comes out, and you, that's, that's, that's what's about the right. towel, and you see that, right. how hard, I mean, I, I still can't believe that he ever got knocked out. I, I mean, even though I've seen right. the knockout, I'm like, he had. But again, like I say, he wasn't like Roy Jones, where once Roy slowed down with age, you pluck Roy one time in the chin, he's down. You got to beat Mike up. That neck, that chin, Mike could take a punch. All of Mike's knockouts weren't one hit of quitters. Right. You had to beat him up. It took Buster Douglas 10 rounds. When I went to the Holyfield Tyson fight, the first one, and he was about to knock Mike out. He didn't knock Mike down until, I think, round six, and damn near knocked him out in the ninth. You got to beat Mike up, man. Lennox had to beat him up. So, And again, dude, when I went to Vegas and I saw Mike, whew, that nigga's back neck combination. I, I, I'm telling if, if 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 he were a dog, he is a pit bull. He's a fucking pit bull. 
Not to be fucked with, man. Um, let me see what else I got here in my notes. I was going to say, we're not going to get to the Floor Creek conversation in this. You want Robin? Yeah. Oh, that's last, baby. Oh, okay, okay. Just you say the best for last. <laughs> um, and I wrote, you know, look, look again, I, when they show him the footage of him knocking motherfuckers out, uh, like I said, I don't give a fuck, dude. A primed Mike Tyson beats everybody except Ali. That would be the fight. Except Ali. That would be the fight. That would be the fight. Prime versus somebody, prime. Somebody even said to me, yo, prime versus prime, who wins between George Foreman and Tyson? Yo, first of all, Muhammad Ali showed us the blueprint when he made fun of Foreman going, he throws, man, he throws those large looping punches. Boom. And remember, Tyson's whole style was slip, dip, roll, uh, side to side. And when he was with Kevin Rooney, he was a master at it. So, yes, George George Foreman hit hard like a motherfucker. But I don't think he could catch Mike. Mike's too fast. And, and, and he throw them looping punches. And Mike dip one of them bitches and come back with that five-piece combo. Out of there. Well, and two, out of there. And the way he was taught to fight, Mike was taught to fight, slip that punch and then fight from the side. Yes. So, so, and that there's nothing he could do about that because, like you said, he has right. to throw those looping punches. He, by the time he turns around, he's going to take five yeah, pieces. Exactly. Uh, and and you know when when and we already knew when they would show Mike looking at the films of old fighters and how he said he adapted to uh, uh, certain fighters' styles. His biggest influence, he said, was uh, Sonny Liston, but more so Jack Dempsey. Dempsey. Um, and again, I said this before on the podcast, and I know Jack Dempsey is heralded as one of the greatest heavyweights ever. But when you refuse to fight niggas, I have to put an asterisk near your greatness, um, which he refused to fight black men. And I got to take from Larry Bird. When Larry Bird said, the black basketball players are the best. They're the best. I get offended when you put a white dude to guard me because I want the, the best to guard me so I can show them how great I am. So if you refuse to fight niggas, I'm sorry. But he never said – I don't think he said he was the best fighter. He disliked his style. No, he liked his style because he said he was a devastating right. fighter. Um, but I'm just saying in, in, you know, in boxing folklore, yeah. Dempsey's regarded as one of the greatest. And you refuse to fight niggas, man. I can't give you that. Um. I was surprised that he never brought up Ali because Ali was. Well, no, I saw a clip where he said he admires, loves, and respect Ali, but he wanted to be more like Sonny Liston because Sonny Liston was devastating. Mike liked devastation. He didn't. He didn't just want. You're right. And he's even said, "I'm not like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali's not like me. I love him. I respect him. But he specifically said Sonny Liston. But." Those why that's why that fight would be great because it's two different. You talk about him and Ali. Yeah, oh, it, it, that would that's one that fight would have had the magnitude of Manny Pacquiao Mayweather. Because remember, up until uh, Pacquiao finally fought him, everybody was going. Mayweather has walked through everybody. The only person we could see beating him. Was the undefeated? Well, he had lost to that one dude by then, got that devastating knockout. But again, uh, Pacquiao's the only dude. Pacquiao's record was pretty much only one loss, devastating power, crazy speed. And, you know, the, the Ali Tyson would have been huge. Huge. I feel like that might have been boring, though. It would have been, I would have enjoyed, it would have been fun to try to, I don't know if fun's the right word. It would have been entertaining to see two very fast fighters. Very fast. And to try to see, because. Styles uh, make fights. Yeah, and Ali wouldn't let him hit him. And it would be, but he would, but he might hit him. Yes. Because I have a hard time believing for 12 straight rounds. And I think that would go to distance because of Ali's footwork, his ring generalship, his, his ring IQ. His ability to fight backwards, his quick jab to keep Mike at bay, but with Mike's ability to slip, dip, roll, go to the side. What happens when Ali misses? What happens when Ali gets? I mean, when Tyson, when Ali misses and Tyson gets close. And again, Joe Frazier touched Ali a lot, and Joe Frazier is almost a lesser version of Tyson. 
not as powerful, and he only was known for his power at his left hook. Tyson, faster than Joe in footwork, hand speed, and power in both arms. So what happens when he touches Ali? And Ali had a chin. Tyson's got a chin. Can Ali take it and get up? How many how many jabs and overhand rights can Tyson get peppered with before he caves in? Prime to prime, I don't know how it works. Prime to prime, I give the win to Ali barely. But no knockout. Just no the, knockout. Just, just the distance. Just the distance on points, barely. Because I just think Ali was a prime Ali. Woo! Folks, it, it, picture this. Go to YouTube and type in Ali versus, what's this nigga's name? Cleveland Williams. And I always talk about this fight. It's the nigga with the perm, the conk. And Ali hits this nigga with so many sexy combinations. And that perm is bouncing everywhere. I mean, fucking perm juice has to be splattering the ringside. That, to me, was Ali's sexiest fight. Then go type in Tyson Marvis Frazier, Joe Frazier's son, when Mike dusts him off in the first round. And check, check it out. When he hits this, when he knocks Frazier out, Frazier's already out before his body hits the floor. You could see him in his eyes when his eyes roll back. But then when he, when he sits on the canvas, look at his legs. He's out, but his muscles are still twitching, and his legs twitch. Put that mic in the ring with Ali Cleveland Williams, Ali. Wow. <laughs> I, I think the only way you could really look at it is if you said ten fights. Who mm-hmm. comes out? Who comes out with the most wins out of ten? Out of ten? Yeah. Like a basketball series. Yeah. A ten. Them niggas die. <laughs> you got to shorten that nigga to the best of three. Uh, I give it to Ali, man. I give him his technique, but but what I'm going to say is that uh, he's not going to win all of them. Right. Ali's not winning all of them. Tyson's going right. to Tyson's going to catch him a couple times. I believe so. It's just can he survive it? Well, but see, that's the other thing though about Ali. Ali could stand in the corner and he could take those punches. Yeah, but mm, the only person he did that with was Foreman, and even then he was making a miss or making him hit his arms or his stomach. But Foreman had one of the most devastating punches. Though. Yes, but that's my point. When you looked at the Foreman-Ali fight, he wasn't hitting Ali in the face. No, no. You ain't going to be ki- taking shots to the face but like that's that. that's Foreman, he broke everybody's body apart. Yeah. I love it when uh, in, the, in the sports century, and I used to love when they played those because they would play them during the holidays. And they would binge play him, and I would watch him. The Sports Century, and they did Foreman, and he said, "Yeah, I used to throw punches that hurt your body, to move your organs inside, and hurt your back, break your body." Yeah. Um, the custom motto, Mike Tyson narrative, and I know that Mike would say Cuss was like a father figure, mentor, loved him like a dad. Cuss treated him like a son. And I'm not saying he didn't legitimately care for Mike, but can we be honest? Would, would Cuss really give a fuck about this nigga from Brownsville that was from the streets and slightly uneducated and rough around the edges if he didn't have anything to gain from it? No, but, I mean, they talk about this a little bit. I, and Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But when you hear that, you go, oh, like father figure, oh, but is but if he but, but if if Mike didn't give you a chance to be responsible for a champion, you wouldn't give a fuck about him. I'm not disagreeing with that, but Cuss says as much when he said, "I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for him. Right. He gave me that spark to continue." Right. I, I I I think there was the love for him as 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 a kid, as you know, not just as a boxer. But be, and I think it was, but it was because it it made him feel alive again. It like was, they gave each other something. Something. I don't right. feel that it was just. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was all based on boxing. It wasn't like a. It wasn't out of the goodness of his heart. I'm gonna help out. This I'm gonna kid. just help this nigga kid because it's in my heart to do so. Even though I ain't got nothing to gain from it, he wouldn't have done that. But at the end, 
his ability, the the spark that he gave Cus, the uh, the the love that uh, Demato gave back to Tyson, those that was reciprocal to each other, and I think that that's what made that relationship. I don't think that Cus would have thrown him out of the house if he didn't win the championship, though. <laughs> Interesting. That, I mean, I mean, right. I, I mean right. that that's what you do. You think he would have? Do you think he would have like had compassion and said, "Okay, we got it. We'll re- like that's I, a good question. Like love for my son, love for my son. Am Who's, I gonna? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't right. know. But right. I, I know that it was reciprocal in the way that it it, it re it brought him out of retirement. But and this is the thing. I heard some of the people commenting on this though too. Cus doesn't come out though unless it's someone that he, he that gives him that spark. Cus doesn't come out of like retirement to go back into this. Uh... Well, the last heavyweight champion he was responsible for was Floyd Patterson, and that was in the sixties. Yeah, so it'd been twenty years. So there was something about right. Mike that made right. him want to do this. Right, right, right. And if it was just boxing, there's other boxers that he had been around. Mm-hmm. There was something with Mike. And right. I'm not going to say okay. I'm not going to try to put a percentage on it. Uh, Ninety ten. What love? Not love. There was love for each other in that. Right. But you're right. It was based on boxing. It wasn't based on just pure love. Pure love. Like this is a right. this is a kid I can help. Right. This kid helped me find right. my, my my found my sneakers again. I wanted to go and do this. And you know, to your point, look, Cuss was in his eighties. Not like he had fifteen, twenty more years. So it wasn't about money. Like if this kid becomes champ, he's gonna get all this money, and I can benefit from that. Like. How much longer you? He, he, what about the money? I, 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 in other words, he cared more about producing a champion. That would have meant more to him than Mike going, "Here's a car or a new house." Right. I, I, I think that that's true. I think that they found. Uh, I think that the boxing united them, but I think there mm-hmm. was something between the two of them that made it worthwhile. Right. Uh, the one guy said, and I love when he said this shit. He was like, "Yo, there." There was a point in time when the three baddest black men on the planet was the Mikes. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Michael yeah. Jackson, Mike Tyson. And let me tell you something. I know I always say our era, I just don't see how you beat it. That right there proves it. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. Mike Tyson, at that time, the greatest fighter, most devastating knockout artist. And Michael Jackson, the king of pop, the greatest performer ever. Come on, man. I'm I'm happy we lived in this era, man. That was a beautiful time. You know, and when you talk about the three mics, because this is my time. This is really, I'm older than you, so this is really like 80s. Right. I'm I'm experiencing nightlife and going out in the 80s. And I was DJing at the time. Right. If I needed to get a record, if I need to get people on the dance floor, Michael Jackson, oh. everybody came to the dance floor. Right. What was the only thing that could stop the record? If there was playoffs going on and we wanted to put, uh, we wanted to put the Bulls on, so everybody right. could watch the Bulls game. And 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 what did everybody? What was appointment television? A Tyson fight. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And if there's no one at the club, it's because there's a Tyson fight. Right. That oh. was my. That was my. That was my time. Right. And it is so when, – when he said that, I was like, yeah, you can't. There's no argument in that whatsoever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what a fucking fantastic time. Um, uh, and, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you brought up uh, Cuss, and, I, of course, I mentioned this when we did the Rocky thing, how Sylvester Stallone took creative, creative theft and stole that moment. Uh, when Cuss said all that stuff, there was another moment that reminded me of that. Uh, when Tyson won the championship from Burbick, and Cuss had already died, Jimmy Jacobs had already died, the two people who he loved and trusted. Kevin Rooney was on his way out, which to me is obviously his fucking best trainer. But Tyson's got his, his the belt around his waist. He's got his arm in the air like celebrating, and Don King is hoisting him up. And it, remained, it, it reminded me of that moment in Rocky Five, when Rocky was training Tommy Gunn, Tommy Morrison, and Tommy started to sway towards the Don King character, and he won a fight, and he had his arm up, and Paulie says to Rocky, there it is, Rock. And Rocky goes, what? You're sinking ship. It's going down. And that photo of Tyson with Don King just was like, that was the beginning of the, the end. end. 
That that was the beginning of the end, dude. Uh, you're bringing up all the guys that were on the team. That's another story that I didn't know. Uh, I'm sure you have it in your notes. Uh, who was the Who was the dude who? Um, the guy, the the his trainer in the beginning, Kevin Rooney. Oh, Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas. I was going to ask you. Thank God you brought that up. I was going to ask you, but go ahead first. I, I didn't know that story uh, about the gun. And the- I was going to ask you. I'm glad you brought it up. Did he overreact? He's yeah. a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he overreacted. Now I can understand. Like I can understand the irritation, the aggravation. Who knows how how it was brought to him, how it was presented to him. Right. But you have a relationship with this kid. Right. You know that he comes from a different place. Yes. He has a different, and you don't go up to him and go, "Hey, what the fuck is wrong with you?" Right. And then have that conversation because you know who he is. You just come at him with a gun. Well, here, well, let me play devil's advocate and put on your hat and see it from both sides. Do you think that Teddy, because he knew how powerful and strong this dude was, thought, I have to do something so outrageous to scare this kid because if I don't, he's so big and bad and tough, he might laugh at me if I don't and might whoop my ass. Maybe because that's the, that's the thing that he talk, that you hear is that uh, he smirked. Right. And the smirk is when he was like thinking about. Kill- I mean, is he really thinking about? And how come we never heard? How come this isn't like national? Well, Tyson did recently apologize to Teddy. Yeah, yeah. For for but you don't think Teddy owes him an apology for coming at him with a gun? I don't know if he did though. I, I, he might have. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not minimizing right. what Mike did. But like he said, and you said in the apology, he was a young kid. Right. He did something dumb. He knew that it was dumb. I, 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 and the way Tyson says he knew it was dumb right after he did it. I think that's something Teddy could have came up to him and go, what the fuck? Are you, are you kidding me? Right. And maybe that changed. We have, we have love. We're family, and you're going to do this to, my, to right. someone in your, you know, that's part of your family? Right. I think that would have, that's what I'm saying. That's where Mike gets missed because to be that guy and not have that love and then have, make a mistake like that and not have the people you trust come back. In a way, and I'm not going to say with love for him, but come back and understand him enough to say, hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? This but is again, how we act. Mike never grew up with the kind of parental discipline right. that would have told him that was wrong. But then that's what the job was at that moment right. for, for Teddy. Yeah, not to come at him like what happened to him on the streets, because that's what happened to him again. Right. He made a mistake in something that could have been, and I, and I don't know because I wasn't there. But I would think that you would want to come at someone that you knew who'd been on the streets, had a hard life, and come at him and go, this isn't, this isn't, this is, let me explain to you what family is. Let me explain to you who we are to you. Instead of coming at him with a gun, what he's already experienced on the street and knows how to, how to deal with that, that he knew. <coughs> I, right. I think almost coming to him with the gun put him into a deeper, darker place. Mm. Hmm? Yeah, I, I, yeah. But I didn't know Teddy Atlas, the, what, was he just, a, what was that scar on the side of it? He has, I, you do know, you know the story I, I, I on that? Don't, I don't. I would like to know, because he seems, when I, I just thought he was a boxing guy. Right. And then when that story, that, that's your first to go to a gun, that isn't, that's someone who came up with street life too, though. Right. You just don't go straight to the gun if you don't have some experience right. in something. And then to have that. That thing on right. Teddy's experienced some shit though too. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be that'd be interesting to. to I would like to know what it is because that's right. what I was going to ask you that. It looked like a cut, like a knife. Yeah, right? it looked yeah. like someone. Yeah, tried to take that half off. Right, <laughs> right, all right. Here we go. Floor Creek, the bitch. I, I you can't start off. You got to start off with Floor Creek, Creek, and then you can go. Floor Creek, the bitch. <laughs> um. Let me just see something. All right. When you see Robin Givens with that interview with Barbara Walters, and a lot of people describe it this way, uh, Mike was sabotaged, set up. Um, You could see the look in his eyes. And again, keep in mind, this is a kid still. He's in his 20s. And still, like I'm trying to say, emotionally disconnected kid. He isn't growing. Never had money, never had fame, came from the mean, gritty streets of Brownsville. Uh, uh, everything he's trying to navigate through for the first time in his life on a level he, he's never seen before. Um, 
And, you know, they said Mike had always been ridiculed and teased by girls, didn't have success. Now he, here he is with a television star, um, a beautiful television star. What was her angle in doing that? First of all, and, I, and, and, and Mike, I guess he said in some Playboy interview with some baseball player, Jose something, that a couple times he, he said something about that was the greatest hit he ever gave was hitting Robin. Um, and of course, you know, I am not promoting men hitting women. I always say that. Um, no woman ever deserves that. But I'm also wondering, did, was Mike, is, was that the emotional Mike talking shit because he was so angry or did he really hit her? And if he did, he was wrong. I'm not excusing it. Um, but I don't believe Robin. And a lot of dudes, and I sent a post. I sent a post out uh, of Mike Tyson at a, at a game. I don't know if you saw my post. He was at a game, and they put the kiss cam on him and his girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I did see yeah, that Yeah, she kissed him, and he passionately kissed her back. But then he put his, his hand over his face in embarrassment. And it was the cutest moment, and people laughed and clapped. And I just went, man, I'm so glad to see he's at a place in his life where he's finally with a woman who loves him uh, for real, unlike Robin Givens. And I had, and listen, a lot of black women knew where I was coming from, but I had a nice amount of black women go, why you got to demean the black woman to make your point? Why couldn't you just say, be happy for him? And I said, to appreciate the sunshine, you have to have experienced the rain. So the connection was for a guy that went through all that he had went through, the rain, the pain, to have a moment where he's with somebody who legitimately loves him. How do you not make that connection? And when she was on that interview with him, what was her fucking angle? What was your point in doing that? Well, I don't even have a problem with her doing that. No? No, here's what I have a problem with. I have a problem with acting like everything is good. Acting like everything is kissing and everything. You saw all the outtakes where they're yeah. out outside. Yeah. And, and, you know, like this is a loving couple. And again, I'm going to go back to what I said, his emotional state, like who he is emotionally. You, he had a lot of things that he still needed to deal with. So accepting love and finding love and being in love and trying to understand what love is. To feel like, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that he didn't hit her. I'm not saying he did hit her. I'm saying, I'll say this before I go any further, though. If he hit her, she would be in the hospital. A lot of dudes were saying that on the post when the women were going, but he beat her. And one dude was like, we ain't seen no pictures. We ain't seen no evidence. Where'd he beat her? Under her feet? And, and, and I'm not saying even if he slapped her a little bit and that's okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you say hit her, if he hit, if he hit me, I'm going to the hospital. Dude, I said if he uh, cheek kissed her too aggressively, her teeth are loose. Okay. So that being said, I think that this it's the setup that bothers me. It's the setup in the way that she played along with the whole interview. She right. did the loving uh, wife. She was, life is good. And then when it came up, yeah, and he said, I, I shaked her. I, I have shaked her, which you're not supposed to shake your girl either. There's obviously he's having, like I said, going back to emotionally, he's having issues. He's still a young person. Right. He shaked her. And then he says, uh, and then she comes over. She goes, I don't think you're getting the full story. And right then it was over. She went in. She, she played the whole character like, like the princess at, right. the, at the house and then went in and said, nah, he's the, he's the devil. Because she said, it's, it's hell. Yeah. So that's my problem with her. If she, would have, if she wouldn't have been part of all that and then she would have came in, she goes, no, this is my, Mike and I have, this is our real relationship. Or, or had made it clear that she wasn't happy. But up until that moment, it looked all good. And look, okay, Mike chose her. We got that. But again, kind of like with the cuss thing, and, 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 but not like the cuss thing, what you just said, as you see where they benefit each other. She had more to benefit from Mike, his money. Even that point where he go with a lady with Barbara Walters goes, uh, did you sign a prenup? No, for what? 
We don't need one. Of course not. You're going to make more money in that divorce than you ever made in your career in front of a camera. And on top of that, you got the house, you got the car. Mike said anything she wants, all she has to do is ask. By being Mrs. Tyson, that comes with perks. Your fame level goes up. Everything in your life goes up. And I'm going, I never got the sense she really loved that man. She's highly educated. He's not. She's from the other side of town. He's not. They couldn't be more vastly different. You really love that nigga? If he wasn't Mike, and then there was this, Mike Tyson with the lisp, and he wasn't the greatest looking dude. And bitch, you fucked Donald Trump. You fucked Michael Jordan. You fucked Brad Pitt. So come on. You, you really love that man? See, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to throw dirt on her for that. For all the stuff that she says. I'm going to say what I'm throwing it at her for is that she set him up. And you can't say that she didn't set him up. It's clear by watching the video beforehand that she knew what she was going to do. And she, yeah. so she could, she made herself out. And, and listen, she may have been the victim in that relationship. I'm not going to say she wasn't. He was too then. But he was too. Psychologically, but emotionally. She, and that is definitely 100% sure because of the way she set him up to show that to the world. She set him up. That's my problem with her. Uh, if she wanted, if she and listen. If she could take advantage of him and she wanted to, that's his. That's on him. But then she should have been honest about it and not lord him into the to the interview. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'm your wife. I'm going to support you. We're going to figure this out together. But then, as soon as the door opened, where she could come in and go, living with Mike is hell. I was like, that is a setup. And here's perspective. Tina living with Ike was hell. And we know Mike wasn't Ike. You know, and, and, and when you go, and this is my last thing, when you go, I'm not going to throw dirt on her. Here's why I will throw dirt on her. Fun fact, you do know she cheated on him with Brad Pitt in that house. In the house Mike bought. She was fucking Brad Pitt. And Tyson told that story in his book, Undisputed, when he goes, I, I drove home, I look in the window, I see Brad Pitt. He comes out. He's terrified. Please don't hit me. Not in the face. Do you think that's when Brad Pitt started to age a little bit? <laughs> he, he, there's definitely a point where he looks good, and then all of a sudden he got a little older. I right, think that might right, have been it. Right, right, Um I could just see Mike looking through the window, seeing Brad. Who's in the house? <laughs> <laughs> But if being if that's the case and that's the true story, right? And I'm not saying it is because it's his it's his book. I'm right. not saying I, I, I'm I'm giving I'm going to say whatever Robin wants to say. We can make that the truth, but she cannot deny that it was a setup. It was a hit job, and she shouldn't deny that she was an opportunist. She fucked Donald Trump. Why would you do that unless you're you 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 you're not looking to cash in? She was more. He was more likable back then. In the 80s. All right, I'll have some of that black pussy. <laughs> Just strap yourself on the gold bed, spread your brown legs, and as soon as I'm done fucking you, you can't walk out the front door and take the elevator down to the, to the lobby where there will be a limo. You have to go up the stairs, up to the roof, where you'll be helicoptered out, because I can't have a Negro coming and being seen leaving my house. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I get pussy. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, we're going we're gonna to be, uh, when you're listening to this, we're going to be in Irvine. Uh, Irvine, California. So if you're yeah. out in California and you haven't been able to get out. This is it, baby. Uh, this is it, baby. Um, God, I'm so looking forward to part two of this documentary, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this motherfucker. Um, okay, here we go. Anything else before we, we make sure we covered uh, everything? Um, well, we just talked about Tyson. I mean, we're well, no, no, to... well, no, I mean, in, in exiting. Oh, and the exit. Oh, uh, you know, look us up on Spearsburg Pod. Yes. Uh, on Instagram. Um, 
Check out our uh, this this we Patreon. Do, yep, and we do an uncut video of this podcast. It's on YouTube under Spearsburg Pod, mm-hmm. um, and you can check. You can see it's raw. It's uncut. There's no music. There's no uh, sound effects. Uncut. Uh, there's no coke. Um, get the yale. But uh, you can see you can see us uh, fucking shit up. Yeah, Black D, Black D promo. Uh, his Instagram is B-L-A-C-K underscore D-916. Uh, just dropped my Rain Man album. Hope you fucking with it. Enjoy. Black D is in Black Dick. Just woke up, it's a beautiful day Yo, thank God, this quarantine kinda crazy Everybody acting odd, but I'm just trying to be safe Staying clean, keeping my distance Cooked a little oatmeal, eggs, the sun is glistening I'm trying to get outside, keep it healthy Mentally and physically, keep it moving, that is the key Find my clothes, shoes, looking for my keys Hope this run is better than last week I felt my knees, I think they good today I'm starting off with a light jog To pick up the pace, to finish strong This white truck after me, think they just shouted something They stop, I keep running, no shit They got their guns with them dip. try to get around him Hit shots, gotta get his gun from him Something's burning, I'm swinging and landing I'm fighting, trying to get home Mama, she need me, I need myself in the future Need a doctor, I think I'm weak, not what I'm used to Stumbling, it's getting hard to breathe I can hardly see, I'm thinking about my life Who I wanted to really be my career my cousin's mama i'm sorry i was only running this shit is crazy i'm dying probably i'm dying probably i want to make it i gotta make it i gotta push through my stomach aching that light's amazing thought my life was beautiful why did they have to take it i'm barely alive and i'm just trying to be i'm only trying to live i don't know why you came at me i'm